Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. This is edition number 32 of season 6. As we work our way through the book of Exodus this morning, we come to Exodus 32, a very dark chapter in the Exodus narrative um, that threatens, in fact, the very, um, very nature of the covenant. And we will see, uh, of course, the sin committed by the people. And we will see the response of the Lord uh, throughout. But let's pray first, and then we'll consider this matter together this morning. Father, as we come to your word this morning, we come to this chapter that highlights very much your, how serious you take your commands, especially that command regarding idols and making images of the triune God. We pray that you would help us now, that we would uh, be faithful to do uh, all that you have told us, that we would hear from you as we consider uh, just briefly this chapter, that we would drink deeply from the well, uh, we would eat of the bread of life, and we would live. We pray that you'd forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, as I said, we come uh, to that chapter in the narrative, the Exodus narrative, in which we have um, what we know to be the golden calf experience. We have the events regarding the golden calf and and the responses uh, to it. And here, um, you can divide this chapter, I think, very easily. Uh, The heading, of course, is the sin committed by the people that begins very much in the very early verses of the chapter when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him up make us gods who shall go before us as for this Moses the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt we do not know what has become of him so Aaron said to them take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives your sons and your daughters and bring them to me so all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now there's a few things here to note, of course. We have the high priest who is uh, in, compelled by the people to commit this breach of covenant. It is remarkable, actually, that he would do this as the high priest of the people. What's also remarkable is how easily he gave in to the wishes of the people. Instead of holding fast to the commands of the Lord, he gave in very quickly to the, what the people wanted. Now, oftentimes in the church, pastors and elders especially are going to be called of the Lord to do what he has commanded. The people may not like it, and they may even complain and grumble about it. They may even gossip and slander and do all sorts of different things. But the fact remains that while elders and pastors are the servant of the people, the Lord is their master. And here Aaron should have rebuked the people, and he should have told them to stop, that, to stop acting foolishly. In fact, he should have just reminded them of the command of the Lord back in Exodus 20, verse 3, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. 
You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Clearly here, Aaron gives in uh, to the events and the demands of the people. Um, understandably, they're, they're worried. Understandably, they know nothing of what's going on. Moses has been gone for some time now, but the bottom line is that they broke covenant with the Lord, a covenant that they had established and made and said they would keep all the way back in Exodus 24. Uh, there uh, we read um, Exodus 24, verses 3 and verse 7. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. Verse 7, Then he took the book of the covenant read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. Now, it didn't last very long. Um, not too many days after these events, as Moses is on the mountain, they implore the high priest of Israel to commit a breach of covenant, fashion a golden calf, and worship it. Worse, they even called it the God who brought them out of the land of Egypt. We find that in verse 4. So they commit a numerous a number of sins here. They violate the first and second commandment. They violate the third commandment in blaspheming, blaspheming the name of God by ascribing it to, a, to, an, to an idol, to a, a crafted item that was made. Um, they have sinned egregiously. Now, this breach of covenant then is witnessed, of course, by the Lord. Verse 7, And the Lord said to Moses, Go down for your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Now, what's interesting in verse 7 is the way the pronouns are established. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down for your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupt, corrupted themselves. Here, God distances himself from the people. They, they're his people. But here, he refers to them as the people of Moses. His people. God is now angry. He, has, uh, he, is, he is displeased with what he is witnessing in the camp. And he distances himself from the people. And he communicates to Moses the events that they have done. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And so, clearly, this breach of contract covenant is noticed by the Lord and, and um, it is seen by him and it is drawing a response uh, from him. Now, the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, dealing with this matter of images and the grievous nature of the sin that it is, speaks very clearly to this in question, Larger Catechism, question 109. What are the sins forbidden in the Second Commandment? The sins forbidden in the Second Commandment are all devising, counseling, commanding, using, and any wise approving any religious worship not instituted by God Himself. The making any representation of God, of all or of any of the three persons, either inwardly in our mind or outwardly in any kind of image or likeness of any creature whatsoever, all worshiping of it, or God in it or by it, the making of any representation of feigned deities and all worship of them or service belonging to them. Now this is what the people do. They first fashion this golden calf, and then they worship it. 
And God takes notice of this, and he is rightly angered. His anger is kindled. Many people confuse the second commandment. They think the second commandment only forbids the worship of idols, but it doesn't. It not only forbids the worship of them from other people who may have made them, but it also forbids uh, the making of them in any respect. Now, this is a debate within the church today, but the Westminster Standards, of which I have taken vows to uphold, argue, and teach, clearly state in their understanding of the second commandment that these things are not only to, uh, they're, they're not to be worshipped, but they're also not to be made. And this applies to every instance in which any member of the Godhead is represented. That is to say, um, any member of the Godhead, that is the Father, the Son, or even the Holy Spirit. And here, the people clearly do this. And if you doubt whether this is an issue, uh, if you go to the end of the chapter, you'll read in verse 35 that the Lord sent a plague on the people because, because they made the calf the one that Aaron made. And so here we have clearly the problem. They not only made it, they worshipped it. They did both items. And this is the propensity of the human heart. We will indeed worship in some capacity those items that we make either in our mind or in our hearts or outwardly um, because we are idol factories and we crank them out on a regular basis. And thus we must be very careful that we do not fashion idols in any sense, either in the mind or outwardly, whether any member of the Godhead or other items that we give our affections to that is rightly deserving or rightly reserved for God alone. And so God sees this event. He is angered by it. Moses acting as mediator. Verse 11, Moses implores the Lord as God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you've brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from the disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have promised, I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. That disaster, of course, is found in verse 10. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. Now, Moses, acting as a type of Christ here, as mediator, he is interceding on behalf of the people. This is precisely what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He has, he has made his case. He has implored his father in heaven, on our behalf. And he himself has taken that wrath that, that was ours, is ours, and he has taken that to himself. And so the Lord witnesses it, Moses mediates it, and then he respond, mediates before the Lord about it, and then he responds, Moses, he goes down the mountain, he sees the events, he asks Aaron, what, what is going on here? Explain yourself. And Aaron, of course, offers really a, a ridiculous response, um, justifying his own behavior. And <clears throat> Moses enacts judgment against the perpetrators of the matter. And so as the narrative concludes, we come to the very end. 
wherein the Lord then sent a plague on the people to judge them for what uh, they had done. It's a very dark chapter. It's one that threatened the very covenant itself. Moses, as mediator, intercedes on behalf of the people. Uh, a loving, long-suffering God in heaven relents, as it were, of the matter. Um, and and the, the chapter closes with this plague given to the people because they made the calf. But brothers and sisters, this is a very serious matter. This happens in churches all over America today and all over the world. There are images of Jesus. There are images of one member of the Godhead, whether outside the building, whether inside the building. It is a breach of the very word of God. It is a breach of the second commandment. God does not tolerate it. He does not bless it. It is something that we must avoid. We must be very careful to walk according to that which God has commanded us. He does it for our good. He does it for his glory. But he does it for our good as well because he knows our frame. He knows we are dust and we will latch our emotions onto these trinkets, these trite, these things that are, that are of no substance or consequence. What really could this golden calf do for these people? What power did it actually have? It was an impotent idol. It could not see. It could not hear. It could not speak. It could not do a thing. But that's precisely what we do when we allow ourselves to be drawn to these kinds of trinkets in our life, we fail to see that the real hope we have is in the God of heaven, the one true God, the living God who has revealed himself in the word of God. He alone is our help. And it is to him alone then that we must place our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to contact me is there before you on the screen. And so until... The Thursday edition, when we continue the narrative, uh, Genesis 33, and we see how Moses intercedes once again for the people. May the Lord help you today to serve him. God bless.